Hey, it's Mistress Carrie, reporting for duty for episode number three of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Image Custom Designs. Now, for over 20 years, they have been in the rock and roll business right in Worcester, from full-on production to manufacturing of premium custom road cases for the touring industry. So if you have got a sensitive piece of electronic equipment, whether it be audio, video, uh, some kind of cameras, computer, whatever it is, and you got to move it around a lot and you don't want it to get broken, Image Custom Designs can help you with that. But they have also pivoted in these times, and they are making the Northeast's best acrylic sneeze guards. You know, those giant clear screens that are taking over every countertop in front of every retail outlet that you go to? Well, if you need one of those, log on to imagecustomdesigns.com. The image guys can totally hook you up. You can call them directly at 508-757-3331. And I can tell you the quality of their workmanship is awesome because I'm using it right now. They built the foundation of MCHQ. So if you want to protect your workers in a retail space or you need to move around some pretty badass electronic equipment and have it be protected... Log on to imagecustomdesigns.com. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by RPM Dynamics. Now, the owner and CEO, Jim Rose, and I have known each other for, I think, over 25 years. It, it hurts my brain to think about how long I've known this guy, back from my old roadie days. And I'll tell you, if you want to learn the definition of the word perfectionist, just look up Jim Rose. He's been in the business with over 30 plus years of experience in touring and the pro audio world. And he helped make MCHQ sound fantastic. And like I said before, it's labeled impeccably. Jim has built quality relationships and become friends with more people on the music side of production than you can even count. And it's because he gives 110%. So if you are looking to upgrade the audio in your place of business, maybe inside the business, or if you're creating a new outdoor space and you want it to sound fantastic, why not trust the guy that Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, Hell Yeah, The Revivalists, and so many others trust? And that's Jim Rose at RPM Dynamics. You can find him online at rpmdynamics.com. Okay, this episode of the podcast Take a deep breath, get yourself hydrated, because Tommy Vexed from Bad Wolves is about to blow your mind. Now, I've known Tommy for a few years now, and Bad Wolves, just in the last few years, has taken over the rock world. Matter of fact, we talk about it in this episode. They're celebrating their fifth number one rock song. They were supposed to be spending the summer with Stained and Disturbed. But that tour was, of course, postponed because of the coronavirus, and when we recorded this episode, the dates hadn't been announced for the rescheduled tour in 2021 yet. However, they've been announced now, and we'll go over all of that later. Tommy is an amazing guy that is not worried about what anyone thinks about him, and he definitely speaks his mind. So buckle up, Buttercup, because you're about to go on a ride with the one and only Tommy Vexed from Bad Wolves.
Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. This is Marilyn Manson, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to. You have the privilege of listening to. Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, Carrie. How are you? How are you? What's going on? I'm, I'm good. I don't know what happened. I don't know if my, what happened, either my phone was like the, uh, the call thing was, I don't know. It's, uh, I just reset my iPhone and now it's working. I tried calling back like 10 times. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> It's just technology, man. It was weird. I know, I know. It's just one more you? weird thing in 2020, honey. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm okay. It's been a crazy, like, uh, I don't know, year. The whole year has been insane. It's been like one, it's just one shit show after another. I'm like, okay. Well, if if the world were normal, the way that it was at the end of 2019... You guys would be on tour with Disturbed, uh, and I would be interviewing you yeah. backstage at the Xfinity Center live on WAF. And yeah, like normal. Like normal. And then 2020 happened. Yeah. And now you are calling yeah. into the Mistress Carrie podcast. <laughs> I know. And you're not on tour with Disturbed. Oh, no, I'm like, I'm driving in California traffic to my tax attorney's office because I haven't waited to the last minute to file my taxes. So hold on a second. Uh, what's the traffic like in California now? Because the virus kind of uh, made it a wasteland, and now is it back? Yeah, it's slowly picking up again. It's been picking up over the past couple weeks. I think the, like, you know, the riots, like, I, basically what happened is all the rioting and the protesting made people realize that there's no fucking virus. Like, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's that it's just fucking, it's just another version of the flu. You know? So, unfortunately for us, uh, you know, I think New York and New Jersey got hit with it really bad, which every year influenza kills hundreds of thousands of people. And I think because the way that those cities are, are stacked on top of each other and the, the I think cities that have, you know, probably Boston is, is, and Philadelphia are similar in their infrastructure where you take public transportation, it's easy to spread germs. Um, but in California, everybody commutes via car, their own vehicles. So, uh, yeah, so it's, I think, yeah, still trying to figure it out. Here you go again saying controversial things. Hold on. I got to put my tinfoil hat on if we're going to start having these conversations, right? 
I mean, if you want, <laughs> they probably, I mean, you know, I'm, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm like, you know, I'm always saying, I'm always, what I see the thing is, I perceive these things as like, this is real shit and it should be discussed. It doesn't mean it's the truth, but you know, it's like when they were trying to figure out why the sky was blue, I'm sure there was like, you know, a thousand different ideas until they figured out how to, you know, the, 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 uh, the, how the rainbow spectrum worked and how, you know, white light is broken down through prisms and, you know, that's what it is. It's like there are theor- there are always theories until science proves things to be fact or fiction. Well, I think... But the fact that we're not allowed to have conversations about it is strange. Well, right now it's got to be a really hard time in, in the age of Twitter to be a scientist because science is... Sure. Experiment after experiment after experiment over a long period of time, being able to prove evidence, looking at trends. And in 2020, in the age of social media, and you know, we've got guys living in their mom's basement that are telling, you know, career epidemiologists that they're stupid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't really, I, I don't take the, 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 you know, it's the funny thing is like, I have a, my network of, I have an, I, I know scientists. I'm, I'm friends with oncologists and microbiologists and it's a, it's the, it's the privilege of, um, I guess being in the band, you know, and having that network because there are a lot of people who are, you know, they, they know the bands, they're fans of the music. And so, uh, I don't want, I don't really take my information from, uh, the news. I take it from doctors and scientists whom I know and trust. So, so I have a different perspective of things. Well, and now based on the video hits of your marker video, it seems there's a lot of people that are taking their news from you. So welcome to the burden of being in the media. Uh, well, they should. Well, nobody should. No one should. That's the thing. That just there's a a massive disclaimer on the on the video that nobody read. And within the video, I said I'm saying this is how things have been explained to me through multiple sources, multiple channels. And people are like, "You didn't source this." I'm like, "Listen, this is a conspiracy theory." And there's two there's two serious problems with. The conspiracy within the marker video. One, if it's true, holy fucking shit, we got a serious fucking problem. And two, if it's fake, holy shit, why is this so widespread? Why is this information, this misinformation being so widely spread throughout the internet? And so that's a conversation that to me needed to happen. And, um, you know, I, I did, you know, for all intents and purposes, I admittedly manipulated the media. I said on purpose something completely untrue, which is that racism is not real and it's manufactured. Now, if I wanted to get a diagram of a theory to get picked up by the media, I would have to say something that journalists, especially liberal journalists, could get on a high horse and tear me down about. So it became. They they completely overlooked the video and ran with a headline and essentially they did exactly what I hoped they would do. And then the video got thirty seven million views in four days. 
So, you know, and so people are like, you're, you're, this guy's fucking stupid. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm, I'm so stupid. (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's like, and that's the thing is like, once you understand systems and people, it becomes a lot easier to, uh, you know, if you want to get something across, that's how you get something across. Cause you can't, you can't give people information in my experience anymore for a conversation without outrage. And that's where trained to respond to outrage. Everybody goes from zero to 10. Now they were having a great day. They read something on Facebook and now, you know, they're into name calling. And I mean, I, I've been the victim of it too. You know, I've gotten into fights, not recently because I learned the, the error of my ways, but the last few years since the last election, social media and the way we all communicate and the trust I think a lot of people had, whether it be in the mainstream media or these new forms of digital communication and social media, the trust on all of that has been eroded so badly that people don't even know how to have communication in real life anymore and they don't know who to trust and what's real yeah well i mean that's some of the that's the main thing and so because you know because there is no place to securely receive information everything is biased you know people like in the video i didn't even go into ripping apart any any uh, conservative conspiracies of, about the right and Fox News and Trump and the pandering and all this stuff because it's just it was mostly because I knew that I needed to use that I needed those platforms to expose what I was trying to say. But there's I you know and then I have a podcast called The Deviant Gentleman and, you know at length I go into all this stuff you know and it's like it the marker video was kind of a social experiment. And the reality is, is that what people don't understand about me is that, first of all, like, I'm, I'm, I'm African American, but I'm integrated into all spectrums of American society, despite what race you are, or what class you are. I came from poverty, okay? My dad was a janitor and a Vietnam War veteran with PTSD and alcoholism. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I grew up poor, Okay. And I grew up in Brooklyn, which is a mixed race city. I went to a school that had black and white kids. My neighbor was Chinese. I had, you know, I grew up, I grew up with Irish and, and Italian, you know, gangsters and like, and the net and next door was the project, you know, and it, we, the whole, that's how Brooklyn was, you know, and it wasn't a safe place. And, um, you know, my experience is that obviously I've experienced racism, obviously, you know, but I think that uh, the problem that we have today is much, much different than it's being portrayed in the mainstream media. And I and the real problem, the real issue is, that I have is, you know, all these like keyboard warriors and these I'm like, in all total honesty, you're a worthless piece of shit. You're not doing anything for the cause. You're crying. You're not donating money. I've donated over a half a million dollars to charity over the course of my life. I don't need to say that, but I, but so when I take actions, I take actions with the integrity of knowing of who I am 
based on my relationship with myself for my actions. Most of these people are nothing. They don't do anything. They just complain, you know? And so do I think it's good that people protested? Absolutely. Do I think George Floyd's death was, uh, was a murder and it was horrible? Yes. Do I think that black culture and black suffering and black pain is being used by the Democratic Party to sway the election and to bring money into the DNC through Act Blue, which is where the money and the donations to Black Lives Matter go? Yes, that is what I believe. But I believe that because I do research. You know, I went, I cleaned up the, I cleaned up the riot. I got a broom and a dustpan and gloves and masks and picked up friends and went to the places in my neighborhood and other people's neighborhoods where the protesters, right, and the, and the Antifa people destroyed my city where I live now, where I pay taxes. What did, what did you do? So a lot of people are criticizing, but you, you do nothing. You post a black square on Instagram and you do it to virtue signal and it's white narcissism. You're following an agenda so that you can look at me. I'm not racist. We don't need, dude, I am in the heavy metal industry. I'm in rock. I don't need my white friends to feel bad about being white because that's reverse racism. So if you're taking these, these, this whole principle that Black Lives Matter and we have to end racism, you can't turn around and tell another race of people that they can't talk and that they should be ashamed of themselves for the color of their skin because it's just a projection of the oppression that you feel inside. And we need less hate and more communication and more solidarity. And we have to start asking the question, who benefits from us being divided? Is it politicians? Is it mega corporations? Is it the central banking infrastructure? Is it the industrialized prison complex? These are all the complicated issues that are plaguing this country. We just went through an economic warfare. COVID-19 has been the largest redistribution of wealth in global history since the Great Depression. So I'm going to say that again. COVID-19 has been the largest redistribution of wealth in global history since the Great Depression. Why is that? Who who's making the money? Why is it that the stock market, the stock market, it crashed for a little bit in the beginning and then it was fine. It's at the same fucking place that it was right before the virus even hit. Why? Because rich people are still making money. Trillions of dollars. I read a statistic that said something like, like the top 1% of the people in the United States own like 80 something percent of the stocks. So if you. Correct. It doesn't affect. They're fine with a fucking, we're fine with a pandemic. They're fine with it. 
especially especially if if they've met, if they've made a flu or pneumonia look like Ebola. People are so scared they're afraid to go back to work. They have traumatized people and the and the, the let me explain something else. The psychology of the abuse and the gaslighting that the mainstream media does is doing to the public has everything to do with riots and protesting because you you put people people acquiesced to house arrest for for, for months without without you told us we couldn't have physical contact with each other we're social human beings people need three hugs a day to have a good mental health day Suicide is the highest that it's been in decades. Drug overdose is the highest that it's been in decades. Well, one it's of the madness. most interesting things that... Oops, go ahead. Oh, of course. But... Oh, no, I'm listening. I to... I, I, oh, I'm, I'm long-winded. So <laughs> That's I'm so why I love you. Well, one of the, one of the hardest things about <laughs> this entire situation, meaning COVID, and everything that's happened since George Floyd's murder is that not everyone's experience is the same. Now, when it comes to COVID-19, being up here in Massachusetts, Boston got hit really hard. And I have a lot of friends that work in hospitals. Mm -hmm. My mom has been a career nurse for over 40 years. And if you talk to people Mm -hmm. that work in hospitals, they were scared to death watching more death happen in those hospitals in the shortest amount of time in their careers. They were watching the lack Mm -hmm. of equipment and the lack of testing and no PPE and all of that. But then there were people on the other side of the country Mm -hmm. who were completely unaffected. So I think we have to remember that both of these realities can be true at the same time. But these, this is what I'm saying. What? So I am not saying the virus isn't real. I am not saying the virus is fake. I'm saying that there are literally, just like you were saying in Massachusetts, so there, so you have, I, I have friends who are doctors and nurses in New York. I know 18 people in New York City who tested positive for COVID-19. Out of those 18 people, six was symptomatic. Two had symptoms for more than 48 hours and one was sick for two weeks. And this, the person who was sick for two weeks is, is an, an unhealthy person who's, who like, is, who like parties and does drugs and drinks. So <clears throat> additionally, a very close friend of mine who's been battling leukemia and was knowing he was going to die, died of leukemia and his death certificate was redirected as died of COVID-19, which affected his last one testament to his family and his estate. So there are, you know, there's what the news says, there's conspiracy theories, and then there's first person information. Now, I don't know. I don't know the death rate of, of, you know, I don't know how much, of the the reassigning of death certificates is relative because I know people who work in hospitals on the East Coast and they say a lot of people are dying. 
but there are also nurses who work in Manhattan who have said the ventilating systems killed people and that they were not the proper ventilating systems for what they were dealing with. And that they were ruled deaths of COVID-19 in order to avoid mass lawsuits. So, and I don't know, again, again, this is like every, like I have no idea. And this is the, and this is what I always tell people. I'm not, I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I speculate at best. So you know, these things you you have to take with a grain of salt when I say that, but I believe in the conversation being worth having because I don't believe we can just in the face of a, a, of a, of a mass pandemic that literally tumbled into riots and social unrest. There were, you know, look, there were millions of people, millions of people in the streets all over cities across America rioting and protesting. Now, this was now three and three weeks, almost we're in the fourth week. COVID-19 has a 14-day incubation period. There should be millions and millions and millions of people in the hospital right now. But we're open up. And there's, you know, the governors of democratic states, like in California, they had to place a restraining order on Gavin Newsom because of his abuse of power. So I don't know why the evidence and the information that was used to terrify us all is not coming to fruition. Well, if you look at what happened so in Florida, I, the girl that was in charge of that website that was supposed to keep track of all of this data was instructed to change the data on the side of opening the state earlier. And she was then fired for refusing to do it and has now since launched her own, what she claims is fact-based website to be able to accurately track the cases, which are now, according to that, on the rise in Florida. So it's like... Yeah, which is, a, which is that's not, that's, so there's, so you, there are two separate narratives. But there's two separate narratives for everything. And the each separate narrative is aimed at a political leaning. So we can't trust anything. If you're if you are voting liberal, it's more in your interest to believe the latter. If you're voting Republican, it's more in the the interest to to vote in towards what uh, towards a, a conservative conspiracy versus a liberal conspiracy, and the problem is that people like me who don't I don't have a party, I'm just frustrated. I'm like, what the fuck is really going on? And I don't give a fuck about which per, what president this at the other. Uh, what I give a fuck about is the destruction of America. And if you can't see that that's what's happening, then I, can't, I don't even know what to say. 
with the video that came out that, that got taken down, does it, how do you feel about the fact that that video is kind of being used by the right wing side of things now as propaganda to prove their point? Because there wasn't anything I, in there offering the, the opposite other than obviously the disclaimer. But I went back and looked at all of the tweets and stuff before you and I talked. And there is a lot of tweets yeah. tagging that, using that now, especially being an African-American guy. How does, sure, sure. how do you? Well, I mean, look, this, this, and, and again, like, this is the thing. I don't, I don't give a fuck about what political side. I give a fuck that. It, it, any side, if if Trump and and the DOJ used African Americans to make money off their outrage and suffering and a homicide, I would destroy them too. I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a shit. People need to understand this. Every politician is fucked. And if it was up to them, no no lives would matter. Nobody's life would matter. If you believe, if you are going to vote, you're going to vote for Biden, who in 1993 is uh, put into effect in Delaware. I mean, dude, this video of him just, he's the most racist, insane shit I've ever heard. And people defending Hillary Clinton, whose mentor was Robert Byrd, the Grand Dragon of the KKK. I'm like, you know, and then people are like, well, Trump is, I'm like, I know. There's billions of dollars spent to show how much of an asshole Donald Trump is. If you don't fucking think Donald Trump is an asshole, I can't, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, literally, it's like the sky is blue. I don't know why they spent so much money diverting everyone's attention to shit that we already know. If the DNC was actually decent human beings, they would have a decent fucking candidate. But it's not about that. They don't give a shit about us. None of them do. And when people wake up and realize that we're being played by religion, by race, by political beliefs, they've ripped us in half. I don't care who you vote for. I mean, I've talked about it so much just in the first couple episodes of the podcast already. Rock music has always been the land of misfit toys where all of the kids that look different, that acted different, that didn't belong anywhere else found a home. And now it seems like the rock community is the most welcoming, diverse, open-minded kind of community that there is out there. When did we become the model for civilization? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, in a, it's over time, the concatenation of different style. Like, you know, you had, you know, there's all different kinds of expressions and there are cultures behind those expressions. And so you have, you know, bands that came out like Metallica in the the 80s and, and, you know, in 90s and Thrash. And you have, you know, bands like Pantera that were were conservative leaning from Texas. And then you have other bands that are like Biohazard or Machine Head from Oakland and Brooklyn that are more, you know, with the hardcore scene where it's all inclusive. And then you have hardcore bands and that whole, the hardcore legacy and Warped Tour and punk rock and da, da, da. And it's an all-inclusive thing. It doesn't fucking matter anymore. It doesn't matter. Because it's the language of the proletariat. It doesn't matter what color you are. If you're not rich, 
and you have to fucking work for a living and you have everyday American problems, that music relates to you. Hip hop used to be that for the African American community, but they don't, that's not their vibe anymore. They've turned into pop punk. It has no validity. You know, there are still some amazing artists that are making amazing things, but for, for the, for most, for the most part, you know, hip hop is not really tackling issues in a large, massive um, spectrum because it's more to, more capitalism and consumerism. That's just how it is. When it comes to bands, especially bands that have had longevity of career, I've always asked the question of, is it harder to hold a band together or a marriage together? And they always laugh, and then I always get the same answer, which is the band. Now, with everything that's happened, there there has been some public, and I'm assuming private, friction with Doc Coyle and possibly other members of Bad Wolves. How has that been navigating within your own band? And obviously, moving forward, I'm assuming that this is kind of established new boundaries and new relationship things within the band, right? No, absolutely not. Look, this is the reality. Doc, uh, Doc is, he would, Doc would jump on a grenade for the DNC. He would give his life because that's what he believes. Those are his principles. He, it will, he believes in liberalism and he probably uh, thinks that socialism is a good idea and, uh, you know, but I can't speak for him. Let's just, we just have, you know, look, I respect the First Amendment. And I even told him, I was like, I have a bigger platform than you. And if you want to use my platform for you to speak, I will do that for you because I believe in the Constitution. I believe you have a right. I support your right. I own the band, okay? There are only two people in the band who write all the songs, and he's not one of them. I still promote what he his endeavors. I still push him to do his thing. So for all intents and purposes, in the band, it's, it's like Nine Inch Nails. There are employees and there are employers. You know, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to say who's who, but it just is what it is. Uh, and for me, I respect him. I don't agree with him, but I respect his right to voice his opinion because within his own micro community, he's, you know, in an echo chamber of like-minded people who are not willing to, to accept any outside information. You know, Doc's issue with me was not that I said it wasn't that I said an erroneous statement purposely to manipulate the media into carrying my theory across. It's that it was biased. He cared less about the remark of that racism is manufactured, which we know is false, and more that it that the de- the that the 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 demonstration villainized only one party. If I felt that the right needed to be run through the mud more than it already is every single day, 
on every fucking radio station and every channel and every this and that and the next thing? I would have. It's not controversial because everyone's already talking about it. And that's what he doesn't seem to understand. And 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 it's like I, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't really like what other people think of me is not my business. You know what I mean? I'm here to cut checks and tell the truth. I'm not invested in feelings. I would like to think that there's some unbelievable music that's going to come out of all of this from you and the band. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, the, I have been so busy. This whole, I, I wrote a book. I wrote a biography. It's finished. And now, and I, and I'm now shopping a new book deal because the last one, because of the marker video, my book deal went out the window. So, you know, it's like, I, I'm the one who, if I make a decision to say or do something that's not a popular opinion, especially in Hollywood, I'm the one who is taking a risk. I'm the one who is brave. I am the one who is being a voice. It's very easy to just parrot everything that you see and hear that is decided within the community that we live in, the entertainment industry, as fact. Because every and everyone's been silent. Everybody's silent. Nobody's saying anything. And what what I will say is that at the end of the day, I've had I mean, dozens of celebrities calling me, dozens of managers, dozens of artists, actors. Do, it is incredible who, are, who call to say, thank you for putting that up. I'm not allowed to speak. Thank you for saying this. People are not allowed to say how they feel because of cancel culture and because of the masters and the gatekeepers. And that's just how it is. You know, it just is what it is. And people hate Trump. People, people hate Trump so much and they're so afraid that he's going to get reelected that they'll destroy your livelihood that you built 20 years. And I, trust me, I've been, I've, been, I've been threatened in a way that, you know, you couldn't even possibly imagine the level of threats that I have received and how insidious what has been threatened to be taken away from me at so many different levels, but people don't realize I'm someone I'm, I got murdered. Okay. I was, a, you know, I've been in real, sh real shit. And I'm just like, all right, cool. Like whatever. So I, decisions were made on behalf of everyone else's livelihood because I don't reserve the right to go rogue and terminate anybody else's ability to live. So I'm, you know, sometimes sometimes being a man means you don't get to say or do the thing that you want because other people need to get what they they have to get what they need to survive. There are so many complex questions and it's it's so muddy the waters now and you know the way that our political system is set up is that there are only two sides, unfortunately, or two polar opposite sides. And I, I've said so many times, there isn't a political party that wants me because my party. views, if you go down a checklist of issues, yeah. don't line up with either platform. And so I'm a man without a country and there's so many of us. Correct. So, so what happens? Where, Correct. where does this go? And is the third party ever going to be something that's not somebody running on the weed ticket wearing a tie-dye shirt, like the Green Party, like, is there ever going to be 
a common sense party or someone that speaks for, because I'm one of those independent voters that gets courted the week before the election. Neither party gives a shit about what I think the rest of the year, but a week before the election, I'm one of those independent voters and they'll literally give me their soul if I'll vote on their side. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I, that's where I fall on the spectrum. You know, people, people, you know, it's like, that's the other thing too, is like, People are not listening to each other. We've learned to write each other off. You know, it's the same thing with this, like, this white privilege phenomenon thing. Of like, if you have an opposing opinion, like, oh, you're white privilege. It's like, wait, what? What does that fucking mean? Wait, did I wake up and have a... Wait, now, white people are not allowed to say anything against this insanity? Dude, we were told... Let me explain something to you. Influencers were highly recommended to not condemn the riot because we would be attacked for racism. Not on my watch. You can have a perfectly peaceful protest without destroying public property, people getting shot, cops being murdered, protesters getting murdered, burning down businesses, burning down the streets. You can get your point across without doing that. You know how I know? Because there were fucking thousands of protests before George Floyd was killed and everyone was protesting the lockdowns and they were all peaceful. It wasn't. Now those on the other side would say, but nothing changed. What, what, what didn't change? They want to defund the fucking police. Okay, you want to defund the police in Minneapolis because this happened in Minneapolis? All right, go ahead. Good luck with that. I don't really, I I don't live there. I don't know what it's like there. But I do know that I work with the police department in Los Angeles. I volunteer with these men. I go to schools and I teach high school kids anti-drug and alcohol policy. I talk to the lieutenant. We go to the gym together. These are men of all races and colors who are good, fine, decent men and women. The Rodney King beating changed everything in L.A. When is the last time we had a, a, a shooting? The last time you saw on the news in Los Angeles, white cops killing, killing and beating African-American men. It was 1992. They changed everything. I've been invited to go sit on a panel to discuss as a voice for for the black community how to fix the problem even further. They're doing outreach. The same with the game. So I don't understand why why if, if some piece of shit guy who shouldn't have been a cop kills this guy in Minneapolis why we defund the police in Los Angeles. I don't understand that. And also, who are you going to call when the shit goes sideways? When somebody robs your house? When there's domestic violence? Who are you going to call if somebody molests your child? Or if you get into a car accident? Who are you going to call? Well, I've I, I've always looked at this whole thing and, and said, okay, if it is the mentality to defund the police... 
because I've been a very vocal supporter of first responders, our military and veteran community for my entire life and career. But if that, if that's what you want to do, you can't do that and also have gun control because guns right now are being sold to the most liberal of my friends here in Massachusetts. I know more yeah. anti-gun people that have gone and gotten their gun yeah. licenses and purchased why firearms. That, why do you think that is? And you know what happens to people who don't know how to use guns when they get robbed? They, they, there is an 87% that chance that your firearm will be used against you. If you don't know how to operate it, it's a machine. It's a machine. You have to learn how to use it. So all everybody who has been like, oh, no, we can't have any guns. We can't have any guns. You know, it's the same people who are like, you know, there are people yelling at the anti-vaxxers and this back and forth fucking thing of like, oh, vaccines. I'm like, and then all of a sudden there's this weird pandemic. And now we're all, well, we all got to get the vaccine. What's in it? What's in it? I watched a British physician, a British biologist, just exploit that the the contents of the female vaccine has HCG in it, which is a hormone for bodybuilders who take steroids to make sure that their testicles don't shrivel up because they're injecting steroids. When you introduce HCG into a female reproductive system, it renders a woman sterile. Why would you put this in a vaccination? Well, we can't talk about that because that's a, it's like a, everything, everything that is a topic for discussion is a conspiracy theory. Well, that's why I asked you if I had to make a tinfoil hat. Yeah, but that's but I mean, like at this point, what? Who knows? Like, what's real? We we have. You talk about decision fatigue. We have gaslight fatigue. Dude, we're so screwed up that this is happening. This is happening. No, no, the Pentagon. The Pentagon actually admitted that the UFO videos from the fighter jets were real, and like no one's talking about it. No, like. Like, UFOs are real. It was proven and admitted to by the Pentagon. And everybody's like, that's just Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, but what happened? Let me explain something to you. There's a Russian, so there's this, this, not to bring up Russia, but so there was this Russian study where they they were training hunting dogs. And they took different groups of dogs. They took one group of dogs and they, they gave them love and nourishment and they treated them good. And the result was that the dogs had their own independence. They weren't obedient. They kind of felt equal and did whatever they wanted. Then they took another set of the same breed of dogs and they beat them and they abused them and they malnourished them and they treated them like shit. The result of that was that the dogs were disassociative and also non-obedient because they had no sense of self-esteem and they had no purpose and no worth. So they never, there was a support system for them to, to behave or respond to command. And then they took dogs, the same breed of dogs, and they beat them and then loved them. And they beat them and then they loved them. 
and they beat them and then they love them. This group of dogs were the most obedient fighting elite force dogs because they were so conditioned to not know what was coming next that they were desperate for approval and would do anything, including attack and kill at will for their masters to not get beat, to receive the love instead of the beating. And that is what is being done to the American population through media. And that is why I don't watch TV anymore. And that is why everything's being labeled a conspiracy theory that has any semblance of truth. And that is why people need to wake the fuck up and start to look at who owns what companies, where the money goes, who made the most amount of money during COVID-19, and why are we in this cycle to begin with? I sent out a tweet when the hydroxychloroquine thing hit the news. And all I did was I, I retweeted a link to the article about it. And I asked the question. I didn't make any accusations or anything. I just asked, who owns this company that makes this drug? Wondering if there was any reason why that specific drug, because it hadn't been, you know, pushed yeah, yeah. by the doctors at that time, what was the incentive? Even though, even though, even though it's been, even though it's been used for sixty years to, okay. But who? But so who owned it? Did you find out? Well, there were a bunch. Uh, there, well, th- that's what I was going to say. So, so the tweets, the responses came back, and it was, you know, I'm obviously a, a Trump hater because I asked the question. Then there were the people that came back and said that because the medication had been around for a while, there were a bunch of different companies that made it. Then there were the people that came back and said, well, this specific version of the drug that is the one being talked about by the president is made by this specific company. And then some people came out and said people in his administration own stock in the company that made it. So it was really interesting that I asked a question legitimately wondering and I got a spectrum from the hardcore right wing people that couldn't wait to call me a fucking socialist bitch fast enough. You know, it, it just, I couldn't believe that people were that, like you were saying the keyboard warriors that, I mean, a few years ago I took a picture with Elizabeth Warren when she was in our old studios because she had... Let me, ask you a, let me ask you a question. Why did they let Elizabeth Warren run for the DNC? Why? Uh, oh, it would have been great. I would have died. I, it would have been the biggest fight. It would have been the biggest fight. You would have... That would have been the biggest fight card of UFC history. <laughs> <laughs> Warren versus Trump. Like, and instead they got this guy who's like... Dude, it's a, he's like an old racist guy with dementia. He doesn't even know what day it is. He lost a black vote in one sentence. He literally went on Charlemagne's show and said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And then less than a week later, there's race riots. Oh, forget about that. Forget about that. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Well, I took that. She, like, she came into I'm the... So, I just 
want a good Democratic candidate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, what people don't realize. that's what people don't realize. People are like, oh, Tommy Bexley's is fucking leftist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. I, I'm like, listen, fix this shit. Dude, if these people worked for me, they would have been fired years ago. The, the, the measurements of incompetence and ignorance, stupidity that's going on in this country. Like, this is the best we can do? Come on. Well, I think part of the problem is, is that when you get to that level, just like, you know, what we were talking about with, you know, Twitter with the scientists, like, you are now being held to an improbable standard of perfection and any mistake you have ever made in your life precludes you from service it's gonna get funny. and so there's no yeah. one that's worthy that of the includes, job that in, yeah that includes that includes trump too yeah but the difference between him and you everyone else is goon. you got a bunch of goons he doesn't care what? he'll just he uses what i call yeah. the eddie murphy defense remember that part in eddie murphy raw where she was where the he talks about the woman that saw her man walking out of that woman's house she's like i saw you and he's like, wasn't me. He's like, I saw you. I know it was it wasn't me. And she's like, maybe it wasn't you. I call it the Eddie yeah. Murphy defense because Trump doesn't care if he's done anything wrong. He'll just look you in the eye and be like, wasn't yeah. me. And move on. Whereas I think a lot of the yeah. Democratic candidates, like, they almost care too much that they've made mistakes. And it's like, we've all made them. Every single person has done things in their but, past that either they wish they didn't. But who? But who? But who? Who care? They don't. Do they care? Well, I think they I mean, care about like the keyboard the, warriors. Two, the two parties. No, the two parties. Their job. Each party's job is to make the other one look like a pile of shit. Except both parties make themselves look ridiculous. Like, you don't, they don't even need to campaign against each other. They just need to keep doing interviews and it just keep, will keep getting worse. Dude, if there was a fucking alien, I would vote for that motherfucker, bro. Well, dude, there are aliens. We just got to find them so we can vote for them. We know they're out there. The Pentagon confirmed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) everything has to come back to some kind of comedic relief because of the, like, I don't know when the last time this country has been through this level of, I mean, it's like we're living in a reality show. We're living in a reality show. What's next? Food famine? There's going to be a food shortage next. I don't think that the country has been this divided since the Civil War. I really don't. And I think that. Yeah, but what do you think is being, what do you, what do you think is being orchestrated? What, what is being manufactured? This is a civil war. It's like a civil war and people don't realize it's like, that's why dude. people have come at me about the marker video, like even professional dudes. And I'm like, and I'm like, Hey man. I, and I'm like, yo, I talk to people. They give me info. I'm like, that's interesting. You need to understand that this is not what I meant. And all I was trying to do was it like expose some nefarious undertones of, of, you know, something that isn't really helpful to the, to the community. And, you know, I believe that you're entitled to your opinion and it goes back and forth. And then I wound up learning a bunch of other stuff. And then I wound up learning more stuff that I'm like, oh, I wish I knew this because I would have added this into the video because this is really fucked up. So it's just like the more that you research things, the worse it gets. 
on both sides. I learned a but lot. People don't want to look. I learned a lot after that, that Elizabeth Warren picture. Like I said, like I took a picture with her a few years ago. She came into one of the radio stations that was owned by my company to be interviewed by three different yeah. veterans from three different wars about some yeah. about some legislation that she was putting together as part of the Armed Services Committee, right? And so she comes in to answer questions from veterans on the radio and every time these veterans who hosted the show would go in to record an interview, they would always bring the person that they were interviewing in to meet me. It didn't matter who it was, but they'd always be like, oh, this yeah. is Mistress Carrie, and she's done a lot of work with veterans and whatever. And then one of the veterans said, hey, do you want to take a picture? And all I was thinking in my head was, this is literally the modern day odd couple, me standing next to Elizabeth Warren. And I'm dying laughing in my yeah. own head because I'm like, this picture's hilarious. And I and all I said to her was, thank you for taking the time to answer these guys' questions. Please do everything you can to support our veteran community. I shook her hand. I took the picture. She left. I put the picture up on Facebook, right, with the caption of like, you know, the odd couple, 20, I think it was 2018 or 2017, whenever it was. And literally within an hour, I was being threatened with rape and murder and assault and called a traitor and told that all the work that I did with the military and the veterans community was for nothing because I literally spent 30 seconds with a woman who, whether you like it or not, is one of my duly elected senators from the state where I live and pay taxes and I couldn't believe that yeah. people that said they were fans of mine were now telling me that they hated me, they would never support me again, that they wished I would die, that yeah. I, I couldn't Yeah, I had all I had all I had all that. I had all that. I get it. And I didn't even take a picture of anybody. I just play with markers. <laughs> And, and and I said I don't I don't and I said specifically, but that's the thing. Like you have to like you have to realize like just as I, it was, it was just as I anticipated the idiocracy of of the journalistic response to the fallacious statement I made that was the Trojan horse to carry the information to the masses. I also had to understand that putting a disclaimer is not enough because. People are morons and do not read. The problem that we have is that most people don't read. They don't read this shit. They don't read. You know, it's like people, you know, like, you know, my co-host, I'm, I have a podcast called DB and Gentlemen, and my co-host was like, dude, you saw that Trump is not allowing the transgender community to adopt children? I was like, that that's not what happened. Was, he, he gave legal gratis to a Christian organization that because of their religious boundaries want to legally not get sued if they choose to not adopt a baby to something that is a, a child to a couple that is not in line with their Christian values and they're a privatized company. But then you go into the whole but thing, are they receiving gets, federal funds? Yeah, and that's how you get, and that's how, correct, and that, so this puts us into a seething cauldron of debate of how information is expressed and redirected and this, that, the other, and I'm not, 
it's not to defend it. It's just an example of like, it's like, it's like, uh, what's that game when you're a kid and, uh, telephone, when you sit in a circle in school and one person whispers in that person's ear and it goes all the way around. And the first person wrote what he said on a piece of paper and it's never the same yep. thing. You know, and that's what the internet is just a giant game of that. And you know, there is no accuracy, you know, and people shouldn't look to me as like, I, all I think is that we should be having conversations, you know, and people get mad at anyone who says or does anything that isn't in line with what they decide to attach their belief system to you. You're ultimately, once you decide to attach to a party, you've lost your involuntary slavery. You have acquiesced to whatever it is that that party is telling you, you should think and do. You shouldn't. We are independent bodies. The government is meant to serve the people, not the other way around. And we have completely lost sight of that. And they have people have attached themselves to political parties emotionally and, and religiously almost. Because they, because of identity politics and this this mass manipulation. Listen, all these politicians are clowns. Let them get on the stage and do their juggling act, and we'll decide. Why the fuck are we fighting with each other? They have to impress us. There's they're supposed to show us. They're supposed to tell us these are my policies, these are my views. This is why you should vote for me. Not us fighting with each other that you don't believe what I believe, so you should get raped and die. What are you, fucking out of your mind? Are you fucking crazy? You ever killed somebody? Half these people have never murdered somebody in their entire life. You're not capable of murder. Trust me. I can, I can talk about that. You know, a bunch of soft-handed, soy boy, soy girl, keyboard warriors on both sides making death threats over the internet from the safety of their mother's basement. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. <laughs> you don't matter. You don't matter. And you, just because you have a Twitter handle doesn't mean you have a voice. The reality is that all these fucking people who have no, not accomplished anything in their lives, they contribute the most minimal effort to society, want to tell people who have a platform how they should use their platform, right? And why is that? It's because you wish you had one. But you don't you don't work hard and don't do anything to deserve a platform. You haven't you haven't accomplished anything. So therefore, no one wants to listen to you. So the best thing you can do is try to tell someone who has actually accomplished something with their life how they should use their platform. Well, here's the news for us, sweetheart. No one gives a fuck what you think and that this is a free country. And we're already in the process of losing our First Amendment, so we don't need more citizens. We already have the global technocracy dictating what is allowed to be seen, allowed to be read, allowed to be said, no matter what. So I don't need 12-year-old girls telling me, I'm old enough to be your father. I might be your father. <laughs> I don't need you kids. I don't need you kids telling me how I'm supposed to run my platform. Fuck you. Make something of your life. Stop crying. Fuck socialism. I, I'll, I'll take a shit on your fucking participation trophy. 
I grew up in a time where we didn't get shit. You win or you lose. That's America. Is that the best thing? And I'm only, I'm not, I'm not saying is what is, is, is what the best is thing? you're either the winner or the loser. Is, is that the only way or, or is there a way where? Yes. Yes. Because what, if you're, if you're a loser, you have to go do stuff to win. Just like the winners. Everybody is different. We are all special and we are all having a unique experience from a greater point of consciousness. And that in this life, I've died. I've gone, I've gone to the other side. I've come back. This ain't it. And everybody's in here overly invested in like your titles and your labels. Well, I'm Republican or I'm Democratic or I'm white or I'm black or I'm man or I'm woman or I'm trans or I'm this. I'm a light bulb. I'm a fucking petunia. I don't give a fuck. Shut the fuck up. Every single person based on who we are for our shortcomings, for our attributes, for the things that we choose to work on, for our self-reflection, for our drive. We all can achieve limitless potential based on what we are. I can never, I'm never going to be a ballet dancer. That's not what I can do. I can sing. And it still took me 24 years of failure to get to a point where anybody gave a shit about what I did. I, That's what it takes. I only know a few people that have had that extremely rare and unique experience of dying and then not dying. Yeah. How, for someone that can't even imagine it, and also someone that is incredibly... Um, how do I want to describe it? I, I'm a, I'm a skeptic, I guess is the best way for me to say it when it comes to, you know, religion in general. And I think everyone operates out of the fear of death. I think because it's the greatest unknown and, and, you know, so for someone that's experienced it, how do you even begin to try and describe it. It's, well, when you're dead, you don't have a body. You realize that you've been alive for, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years. You, you have exist. We, we, we have existed. We all exist. When you die, you're going to, it's like being, you know, that's why they say babies crying when they're born. I never really understood this. And, and uh, this kind of spiritual advisor who, who went through a near-death experience, he's like, babies cry when they're born because as soon as they're born, they start to forget what they really are. And again, it has to like reintegrate into this three-dimensional reality. And it's fucking sad because you got to re- start all over again. And we're just different points of attention of an eternal stream of consciousness. And however religion or whatever religion you believe in or don't believe in, that's just my experience. You could call it heaven or, or you know, you could, you know, pray to Allah or you can, you know, whatever, you, whatever I, you know, I, I could go into Buddhism and all this other stuff, all these different religious ideologies. 
But the bottom line is that if people stop identifying their souls with these labels and these parties and genders and nationalities and people start to understand that there is only one race. There's only one race. I'm tired of this racist fucking ignorant bullshit. It's a human race. Little kids don't know about racism because you have to introduce a, a, a segregated ideology into their unformed brain. Until we stop this madness, this ignorant bullshit madness, we're not going to change. It's not about race. It's about economic servitude. Privilege isn't white privilege. Privilege is the basis of having money so that you can have different uh, advantages in a societal structure. It is purely based on money. If you're a, if you're a black kid and you're born a billionaire, you have all, all the fucking great. You have more advantages than every other white person. It's about money. It's only about money, and the smallest percentage of people own everything and have most of the money and if all the people the eight billion people in the globe look up we keep looking down on each other instead of looking up at who the fuck is benefiting from all this divisory and segregation and separatism and civil war and all this fucking ignorant bullshit that's what they don't want and when we do that, that's when we can start to change. People shouldn't be rioting, going crazy, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, These Lives Matter. Everyone should be fucking frustrated with the fact that the entire global population just lost trillions of dollars out of the economy. They sucked out of the economy. You know how many cars are going to get repossessed? You know how many homes are going to get foreclosed on? You know how many small businesses are not going to reopen? People are fucked. And you're out here yelling about some guy who got killed by a cop. People get killed every day. 7.2 million people die of cigarettes every fucking year in America. You don't see me running around kicking people's cigarettes out of their fucking mouths. You got us out here wearing masks and fucking washing our hands 73 times a day. It's fucking ignorant, slavery, men mentally manipulated bullshit on the entire human population. And the more that we acquiesce, the more that we follow what we're told without questioning authority, without scientific searches, without cross-referencing, we are falling in down the pyramid, the economic pyramid. These things are orchestrated so the one percent stays on the top, and then there, are, and the pyramid of finances goes, it goes wider and wider and wider, and the wider it gets, the less amount of money there is. COVID nineteen, you just whacked out a whole level of people who are financially stable through their own independent businesses. Fall boom down into the poverty line. Then what's next? Defund the police. Military next. Oh, the defund the police. Guess what? Military is going to be out of a job. We're going, to, we're going to have AI. Robots can do that job. We'll have drones. Who's going to protect us? 
against who? Those videos of those robots, those robot videos on the internet scare the shit out of me. I've seen that movie. I know how it ends. Because they don't, it doesn't, they don't have a soul. They don't care. You can't get a, you can't get a bunch of Marines to fire on a school bus full of children, but a bunch of robots will. So the more that everybody continues to believe in this, uh, you know, Biden, Trump, uh, 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 fucking mouth-breathing idiots. You're missing the point. You know what we need right now more than anything is to be able to get together and go to concerts. Because I feel like there's so many of us that that is, that's our community. But why can't we? Why, why can't we not, though? Because we acquiesce. We, we listen. Oh, you, you can have 10,000 people burned down in the street, but you can't have them go to a concert. You'll kill people. Your grandma, grandma killer. You're killing people. You're a murderer. Get the fuck out of here. This should be over. There should be millions for every person that protested who has a family. If anything that the CDC and the World Health Organization reported about coronavirus is true, there should be five times the amount of bodies in hospitals dying on respirators as we speak. We've been lied to. We've been manipulated. We, our outrage has been redirected to serve certain political parties. And it's going to get worse. September 9th is going to be another thing. And it's going to keep getting more fucked up until the election. And if the election doesn't go the way that whoever wants it to go, that's pulling all this bullshit, there's going to be more bullshit. And, uh, and bullshit is the new norm. And we're being slowly conditioned in 2020 for whatever's coming down the pipeline. And it's going to be a slow descent into, you know, I don't know what. But as long as all the people keep fighting with each other and we keep arguing with each other instead of sharing information, just share information. I, who cares what you think? We're like, oh, oh, this is, oh, this is interesting. This, oh, bad stuff about Trump, bad stuff about Biden, bad stuff about the DOJ, bad stuff about the DNC. This is bad. This is bad. Actually, if everybody stopped fighting about their political parties and accepted all the negative information about both sides, nobody would vote for them. <laughs> it's so and true. And we'd have to vote for a new party. So true. We would vote for a whole new party. We need a revolution in this country, and it's not going to be a civil war. It needs to be a peaceful act of refusal we need a massive upset but somebody has to stand up and be like i'm gonna run for president i'm tired of this bullshit we need a hero we don't have one is it tommy vax the dude with the tattoos on his face is it that guy no they'll kill me (laughs) dude i'm they already want me out of here bro i don't want that shit that's why nobody does it, because no one wants to die. There are good, there are good, fine, decent men and women in politics who know, who know the consequence of winning is totalitarian destruction. Can- and there's just a lot of old rich people who own everything, and it's not enough for them. 
they need to own us too. They need to, you know, they they need to stay in power. And we're literally living in Star Wars. Star Wars is a fucking documentary. And the resistance is not the left or the right. It's the fucking us dumbass people stuck here like, what the fuck's going on? They're literally using us to fucking fight each other. We're Americans. Dude, America is not made great by political parties. America is made great by Americans. And I'm sick and tired of this idiotic ideology that whoever is sitting in the fucking White House is, 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 is the definition of the integrity of every man, woman, and child that contributes to this society and freedom on the globe, what America stands for. This is a country that is founded on immigrants who come here from every other place in the world to escape tyranny and oppression. And we're going to allow ourselves to live under the rule of tyranny and oppression in the United fucking States. Suck my fucking dick. I would rather die. I'm really hyped up about this. I can tell. You can see this is really pissing me off. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, yeah, and I haven't spoke like this. I have not. This is how I really feel. I'm I'm tired of this. I can tell. I, you know. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the crybabies and the thumb suckers and the bedwares and the, you know, and the conspiracy theorists and the fucking, the, the, the alt-right and the like, far left and the Antifas and the fucking racists, the Nazis. And blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. Wake up. Well, I think that's the... It's all over. When this whole... If, if this whole shit goes to... If the country goes to shit, you're like... You know, that's like pulling the emergency brake on the subway car and during rush hour. You're going to pull the brake? We're all going to fall. Somebody might die. It's like it's like throwing water balloons at a pilot on a fucking commercial airline. Like, what are you trying to do? Get us all killed? You want, us to, you want the pilots to, to die? What are you doing? What are we doing? Are there enough selfless people? Are, are there enough people that are willing to give a shit about the whole as opposed to give a shit about themselves to fix it? Because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take people that still believe in the idea of the United States and to hold the standard that we believe. Dude. Are there enough people to do it? Dude, this is the major issue. Yes. The liberals think that they uphold the values of, of America and the Republicans and conservatives think they uphold the values of America. And the bottom line is both sides of the spectrum encompass the embodiment that makes America great. What the fuck? It's like, what the fuck? You can't have one without the other. The fact that opposing opinions exist means we can't live in a totalitarian communist dictatorship. And that is what makes freedom great. What the fuck is everybody fighting with each other for? Because they don't believe in the exact same thing. Move to China. You're not even allowed to think. That's what you want? Then move to China. Go to Russia. You move, Most of these motherfuckers have never been outside the United States. You don't even know what you have. You have American privilege. We're all fighting with each other. Oh, fucking this person said that. We're fucked. 
They're making money off of us. All of us. Not just Black Lives Matter, White Lives, Asian Lives, Chinese Lives, fucking Indian American Lives, Native American people. Those are the most disenfranchised people in this country, the people who are here first. And we're all fighting. Fighting, 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 fighting. It's always been interesting talking to musicians because they're so well-traveled. And the perspective of, of people that have spent their entire career traveling the globe, you really do get a sense. I mean, just from my trips overseas, you know, standing there in the middle of Afghanistan or in Iraq as a purple-haired American female journalist, I, I was very aware very quickly that I had already won Powerball being born in the United States when I when I was. Because I could have very easily been born that little girl in Iraq and what where would my life be right now? It's it, people people suffer from American privilege. You know you know what black lives don't matter in Libya? You could buy a black person for two hundred fucking dollars. A slave. We have slavery in Africa. Where the fuck are you guys then? But it's not interesting because it's not being broadcast on the major broadcast networks because it doesn't fit an agenda. Fox News and these news channels, their job is to serve the conservatives. MSNBC, CNN, ABC, their job is to serve the the, the left. Uh, but none of them serve anybody. They serve themselves. They serve their masters. They poison us with information that says that my neighbor is bad because he doesn't believe the same shit that I believe from the fucking TVs. We watch the same television on two different channels and we learn how to hate each other. What the fuck is wrong? Why isn't it defund the media? Why the fuck are we even fucking watching this shit? There should be a fucking media blackout. You want to post a black square? Don't go on TV. Don't watch the media. Don't watch it. I don't care what my uh, my guitar player, my guitar player fully concedes to his innermost self in his own self-righteousness that his party and this or the other, and I love him. They can't, nothing can make me hate him because of his beliefs. Nothing. Just like everyone else. I don't care what political party you are. I don't hate you. I love you. We are Americans. And the rest of the world is watching us, American citizens. What do you think? All these fucking riots happening in England and shit? They're just fucking copying. For people that want to hear more about what you're talking about, I wanted to promote your podcast, The Deviant Gentleman, and where people could listen to it. How often are you doing episodes now? It's a, every Sunday we do an episode, and it's on YouTube, and it's on, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. The links to the, the podcast are on the, the Instagram at Deviant Gentleman. I don't really usually get this worked up. It was it was actually like supposed to be a funny podcast. Like my my co-host is a ex-army and ex-convict. We're both sober. He turned into a breathwork meditation teacher. Um, and uh, yeah, like I didn't want to be involved in any of this political shit. But you can't not be. You can't not be upset at the state of the nation, and. If you're gonna, if you're blaming political parties 
and all this other shit. You're missing the point. You're blaming each other. You're hating each other. This is why it's like this. It's not. It's because where's the money going? It's bigger than all this. Well, I knew the day that I met you that the first time we sat down and talked, when when we became best friends that day, um, I knew that... Yeah, I knew that you were going to be a person in my life that I was always going to know that when I had time to sit down and talk to you that it's very rare in this world that you find someone that is just so comfortable in their own skin and so open and honest and truthful about who they are and what they believe. You know, people can say a lot of things about you. But what they can't say, mm-hmm. yeah, about you, like good, bad, whatever, but no one can ever yeah. say that you're not real and that you are not honest and that you are not truthful and completely at home in your own skin. The things that you and I have talked about in previous interviews at my old job and the things that you know I know are going to mm-hmm. be in this book when you get it published – your life story is miraculous and your opinions come from a life that has had so much experience crammed into so few years as compared to some people that are older, that it's taken more years of life to kind of have the experiences that you have. You've seen a lot of shit, Tommy. Yeah, I appreciate it. I I don't think about that stuff. I think about life. I live my life one day at a time. And, you know, I'm somebody like, you know, the United States of America is going to be the husband or wife that you don't, you don't appreciate till you lose it. And it's about to be lost. And if you don't realize that, it's time to wake up. We're losing the most important relationship that we've ever known during the privilege of being alive in this country. I think there's a lot of people that are going to experience a lot of loss coming out of, I mean, I, I can only imagine you want to talk about rich. I can only imagine how much divorce attorneys are going to make by the end of this year. Once people get out of their houses between the political debates through this election cycle and being stuck in the house with people that they realize they don't want to be married to anymore. The divorce rates from 2020 are going to be astronomical because people just. And then you look at it from a greater scale and you, and you say, you know, if it starts, if, if the destruction of it starts at home, if your foundation of your own family is degrading, then it only gets worse from there. And what you're talking about with what's happening in the United States right now. And I've spent a lot of time looking at different countries to try and find an example of who does it better or, or what the best, all right, well, if this isn't right, then, then what is right is who is doing it the right way. And every single example from the most North Korea dictatorship to the most liberal of Scandinavian nations, and they all have fucked up this thing called 
humanity in one way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? Yep. And all we can do yep. is try to affect it at least in our general circle and try to fix it in, in your own, you know, the people that you're around to help those in your community, to be there for your family and your loved ones. And to, I guess it, it's that saying about eating the elephant, you know, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? I feel like the only way to kind of climb out of this chasm is to start small and just start looking around at the people that you are around every day and be like, I love you. I want to be there for you. I support you. How can I help you? And that's kind of the only way we're going to dig out of this as a country is to start helping each other on a daily basis in our own neighborhoods, homes, and communities. Well, I, I already, I live. I know you do. I know you do. That's the only piece. That's all, but, but I can attest that that's the only piece you're going to find. It's the only peace. Call your friends. Call your neighbors. Don't be too proud to say that you're sorry. If somebody is too sensitive and you feel like they're being a pussy, you don't have to tell them that. It's okay. If somebody says something that makes you feel triggered and hurt, you don't have to tell them. You could just deal with your own feelings. It's okay. It'll pass. Emotions just like this conversation, as you can see, my emotions, they're like weather. The storm passes. Right now, we're, we're having these ground fights with each other when there's an aerial assault on everybody. You know, it's like the end of, it's like an end game, Avengers end game, when, uh, you know, the, the super, the Thanos' warlords and all that shit are fighting with the Avengers and and he's afraid he's going to lose the fight. So he's like rain fire and he has the spaceships come and he's like, but sir, you're going to kill our troops too. He's like, I don't care. That that's what's happening at the top. They don't, they don't, they're in their little safe spaceships while we're fighting each other on the ground over shit. That's not happening. And they're just firing down on us. But instead of missiles, it's psychological warfare and economic warfare. And we're losing we're, lo- we're losing. And, and if this, if, if the lockdowns keep going and the COVID comes back and goes away and comes back, they got us. They'll always be able to financially extract us. If COVID comes back, there should be no rent. Food should be free. Government orders, government regulated, free everything. They won't do that because it doesn't fit the 1% agenda. It's an extraction. Well, I I am so grateful for your openness and your honesty to to be unfiltered because it, it might be jarring for some people and it might be a pep rally for other people, but it's one of those things where it's so rare right now that when you talk to somebody that they're like, look, fuck it, this is how I feel this is what I think. I don't give a fuck if you agree with me or not. This is, and you're not going to change my mind. And if you do well, want to change. what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying no one's going to change my mind because I'm, I'm constantly inviting 
outside information. Well, no, that's what I was. That's what I was saying. That if you are going to change my mind, you better come with facts, and you better come with evidence, and you better come with a great argument, and then prove me wrong, and I'll admit that I'm wrong because you've been very open about being able to say that too. Yeah, I, well, that's the difference. I don't. I want to be. This is the difference between me and anybody else who's being outspoken. I desperately want to be wrong. I desperately, I'm like a scared child trying to tell somebody, I'm like Simba waiting for someone to tell me that Mufasa is not dead while I'm trying to wake him up. But nobody's coming. No one has facts. And the more I learn, the scarier it is. You know, and there's a principle that is born none that will forever cast a man or woman into everlasting ignorance. And that principle is contempt prior to investigation. Contempt prior to investigation. Well, nobody can ever say that you don't know what you're talking about, Tommy, because you, you have always been an incredibly intelligent and articulate guy that is filled with passion and life force and anyone that's ever been around you it's incredibly intoxicating how full of life you are and what what passion and and you just normally exude kind of joy and happiness and for you to be as upset and as raw as you are to me shows how real this is because every time I've ever been around you, anytime I've ever talked to you, you have just always been this amazingly happy, joyful guy that just woke up out of bed in the best mood on the planet. Like that's how you always been to me. And to hear you be as emotionally raw and open as you are, it's it's giving me pause because I'm going, all right, maybe I'm not taking shit seriously enough. So I appreciate that from you that, you know, you're you're making me probably, I thought I was motivated, but I think, you know, you're giving me a pep rally here to really keep moving forward and to to be better than I was yesterday. And I think we all need to do that. Well, I appreciate that. I don't, I never say or do anything with any you know, intention and um, I just got a big fat mouth and I don't know when to shut it. <laughs> <laughs> you got a big fat mouth, but you got a brain to back it up and you got a giant heart and anybody that's ever gotten a hug from Tommy Vex knows that you are an amazing guy. I know that you, you always say, you know, you need three hugs to have a, to have a good psychological day. And, uh, you know, you've always been that person that has been incredibly quick to give one of those three hugs that somebody needs. And you're a really special guy. And, and I haven't known you that long, but I know that your heart is in the right place. And I know that um, a lot of the things that you're saying are coming out of caring and empathy for other people. That it's not for your own benefit is that you're looking out for your community and your country as a whole. And that's where it all comes from. And if it's coming from a place like that, then you can't ask for anything else from a person than 
to give that much of a shit. You give a big, you give a big shit, Tommy Vexed. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, <laughs> uh, it, that would be less funny if I didn't just come for my proctologist. <laughs> Everything okay down there? Are you good? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I couldn't. I couldn't resist the opportunity. I know. At some point, we have to be able to try and laugh and crack a smile because otherwise, we'll just never get out of bed to fight the good fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like. It seems ridiculous you know, that I should congratulate you on your fifth consecutive number one song right now. But that's a huge uh, life accomplishment. That's huge for you and the band. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, it's a really important song to me. And, uh, you know, I think it's, there's a, there's a massive uh, opioid crisis in this country. And, you know, more people died of opioid and heroin overdoses in the past two years than the entire Vietnam War. And it's not talked about. It's not talked about. You know, and uh, a lot of people are relapsing and dying as a result of the lockdown order and the lack of, you know, people in early sobriety who are not capable of having constant contact with other people and, and their recovery community. Um, and we lost a lot of people just firsthand. And I can't imagine how many more there are. And so, you know, uh, throughout this whole political, uh, I don't want no. I don't know what you would call the the storm or whatever they're calling it. Um, I'm going to be doubling down my attention and focusing uh, more on my efforts to help the recovery community because I am an expert and I am a professional in that field. So, you know, my out label has a really cool movie uh, called Snow Babies coming out, and we did um uh, we did a secondary rendition of the sober video uh, because Snow Babies is a film that attacks the opioid crisis and i think it's important to destigmatize using and open up people to having conversations obviously that's all we've done here today um but yeah that's what the that's what's next for tommy next well i know that you do a lot of work with people that are struggling with their sobriety but you have been sober for quite a long time yourself and you know i know that you wake up every day and that is a conscious choice for you and you should be congratulated for just fighting your own battle and winning it every day. And so that's an amazing thing. You know, you've been sober a long time. And the fact that not only are you still able to focus efforts on your own sobriety, but that you're turning around and trying to help those get to where you are um, is pretty remarkable. And it's awesome. And another reason why I just think you're such a great guy and, and a special person. Well, I really appreciate it. I don't take compliments very well, but <laughs> thank you. Um, I know you don't, and I keep trying to give them to you, and you're like, whatever. No, but you are. You're that. you're it's, a great it's, guy. It's, and it's not that. And my perspective is, is that you know when you see when you say I'm always like happy is because I live a life beyond my wildest dreams, and it wasn't easy, and it didn't happen overnight, but. You know, I have faith and faith without works is dead. And I work my ass off and I still continue to work my ass off. And like, that's the American dream. And I don't want, you know. Yeah, but Tommy, there's a lot of people that are more successful than you that wake up every morning 
fucking miserable asshole pricks. Yeah, do you want to know why? And you don't. I'll tell you why. Because people are more concerned with the pursuit of happiness than finding happiness within the pursuit. Am I where I want to be? No. But can I be happy about where I am compared to where I was? Yes. We live in a culture and a society where all of us are comparing our insides to other people's outsides. The only reason I feel good about myself is because I compare me to me. Well, you may not realize you're doing it, but, you know, I had a lot of time during the coronavirus lockdown to do a lot of introspective work on me because when WAF signed off the air in February, I lost everything I had poured my collective effort of my entire adult life into. I had been at that radio station for 29 years. I'd been on the air for 22 and it was something I loved more than almost anything in the world. And and I loved going to work every day. And I loved the community that we built around that radio station and the friends that I made like yourself because of it and losing it all in the flip of a switch. And then a couple of weeks later, having the coronavirus shut everything down. And I mean, I did spend a lot of time trying to figure out who the hell am I now? What the hell do I want? What is going to make me happy? And I spent a few months trying to put processes in place and mechanisms in place to be able to kind of rebuild. You know, everybody uses the word new normal coming out of the coronavirus, but there is no go back to normal for me because the radio station's still going to be gone no matter if I'm wearing a mask or not. You know what I mean? Like the life I had, it's not coming back. So every day moving forward is going in a completely new direction. And by people like you and all of the other gracious people that I've met along the, the way that have been so supportive of helping me get my new identity and my new purpose and getting this podcast up and running and all of the new charitable initiatives and everything else that I've been doing is a huge help for me. And so I want you to know that I really appreciate you being so generous with your time because I'm trying to get to where I would love to be as well. And even though I'm living in a country that's tearing itself apart by the seams and there's a virus that is scaring the hell out of everyone. And even though I just lost my livelihood and have all of those stresses, I'm still every day making a conscious effort to, to try and just find happiness within myself of how far I've already come in my journey. And so I totally understand the things that you're talking about. And I, you know, just really want you to know that I appreciate not only you talking about it, but also you helping me by being on my podcast because it's, it's a huge help. You know, I mean, I think that it's amazing when anyone refuses to accept the shit circumstance that they're being dealt with and makes a decision to redefine the terms and conditions of their own reality. Because by walking in our own power and deciding who we will be, just despite what life hands us, we subconsciously give other people the opportunity to know that they can do it too. And that's what you're doing right now. And it doesn't feel like it, but it, that's what it will be when it comes to pass. Well, I think if we all do that for each other, then we're all going to end up in a way better place than we're in right now. So that is how yeah, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of good. There's a lot of good. 
there's more good than bad. They're just not showing it. Well, for anybody that's listening, that's our job then moving forward is is to show the good so that we can aspire, inspire more good in other people and be able within our own families, within our own geographic locations, within our own communities, like the rock community, that we can all decide collectively that we are going to be forces of good for each other and to really be able to help each other. And I know the rock community is always great at doing that. And I look forward to the not so distant future when we're all able to get together and listen to the music and experience the music we all love that we have in common and to really just be able to get our, our social existences back because I think that's going to help us immensely. And I think it's coming sooner than later and I can't wait and I can't wait for sure. Please tell me that when the disturbed dates get rescheduled, are you guys going back out on that tour? Cause I can't wait to see you. Yeah. As far as I know, uh, as soon as, you know, the, you know, the, as soon as the world opens up again, I will know what's going on and I will let you know. So. Well, I can't wait to see you. I love you so much. I know that you are filled with passion and some people may not understand you, but I just think you're an incredibly special guy that uh, is, is true to who you are. And that is a rare thing in this world. And, and it's a very good thing. And we should all aspire to be, more true to ourselves. And I think if we all do that, we'll end well, up in a better place. I think you're like that. And that's probably why we resonate. You know, that's why we get along so well. Cause we're like cut the bullshit kinds of people, you know? <laughs> and I think that's a lot of, that's, that's the East coast. Like, you know, that's a Northeast kind of vibe, you know, it's like, I don't have time. Like life is too short for, to meet representatives of who you, who I would like people to think I am. I'm like, so I don't have time for that, you know? And that's what we roll. So, I love you, and it's great to talk to you. You and, too. Um, I love you yeah, too. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on with the day, and then just uh, I can't wait to, I uh, can't wait to catch up. Yeah, me I'll too. See you soon. Get on with your day, and right. you know, tell your proctologist I said hi. I will. She's very attractive. <laughs> it's, very, it's very awkward. <laughs> I love you, Tommy. Have a great rest of your day. I love you too, Karen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I told you. There he is, the one and only Tommy Vexed from Bad Wolves. Now, that Disturbed tour that they were supposed to be on this year has been rescheduled with Stained, and they got a couple New England shows scheduled. Yeah, we're talking about July of 2021. You can see him at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Mass. on July 23rd and the Xfinity Center in Hartford, Connecticut on July 24th. If you want to find out more about the band, go to badwolvesnation.com, and if you want to check out the music, As there is with every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, there's a corresponding playlist that is linked in the description of this podcast. I want to make sure you got a soundtrack for every episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I got to say hello to everybody that's found the podcast around the world. Not only here in the United States, but in the UK, France, Canada, Germany, the Ukraine, Netherlands, Brazil, Poland, Portugal, Japan, Australia, China, New Zealand, and more. You can find me on social at Mistress Carrie on Twitter and YouTube and on Facebook and Instagram at Mistress Carrie WAF. And you can hang out with me on my Facebook page every Tuesday night at 8.30 for a cocktail in the war room. A huge thanks to Image Custom Designs and RPM Dynamics for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And of course, 
Huge thanks to Tommy Vext from Bad Wolves. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.